Hi friends, this is Shadima, also known as the Type A Hippie, and this is the Type A Hippie Podcast, SheCast episode 81. And I'm on with a new friend, Taryn Strong. She is part of the Badass Brigade at She Recovers, and she is on the West Coast, and I'm here. We're getting dumped on with all this snow, which is absolutely ridiculous, Um, but it's all good. So welcome, Taryn, to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to be here. Absolutely. So um, we would love to hear who you are briefly before we kind of jump into your story. Yeah. So I am the co-creator of She Recovers with my mom. And She Recovers, we'll talk about in a little bit. But She Recovers is we provide online as well as in-person services for women in recovery and recovering from all different life challenges, not just drug and alcohol addiction. But I'm the co-creator of that. We started that in 2011. And I'm also a yoga instructor. So I've been teaching yoga since 2007. And I focused my studies on yoga for recovery. So I'm a trained yoga for recovery instructor and trauma-informed yoga instructor, as well as I am my new addiction, I guess, say are essential oils so like you as well I'm a doTERRA wellness advocate which um, which I absolutely love sharing that as well I love it Taryn can you see over my shoulder my little wait this wait wrong corner hold on I'm gonna show you Uh oh maybe it's not working oh my gosh I was gonna show you I'm just gonna bring it in front of me so friends that are listening, you just have to kind of deal. Okay, here <laughs> oh, we go. Yeah. Do you Good see one. my little t- tower of essential oils? Perfect. Yeah, so it. so it sounds like we have loads in common with the yoga yeah. and the essential oils. So we'll definitely talk more offline about that. So yes. awesome. That's, that's so cool. Um, and yes, we will get into She Recovers a little bit later. Um, but you are on... I I reached out to you all because I wanted to hear more about She Recovers. And when I found out that you were in recovery yourself, I thought you'd be perfect to be a part of the Stories of Sobriety, um, Recovery Stories, um, um, 10 episode arc. And so that's why I had you come on. So, so glad that you're here. Would love to jump right into your story. Um, Yeah. Kind of you know, what it was like, what happened and what it's like now. And, Mm -hmm. and I'll just interject to ask any questions that I think listeners might be interested in hearing some more clarity or clarification around. So tell us a little bit about what it was like. Yeah. So my parents are both in recovery. So I have actually, we, we joke and we say that I've been in recovery since I was four years old. Um, because my parents, they entered into a 12-step program when I was four. And my first and my earliest memories, like childhood memories, are attending these 12-step meetings and, sure. um, and the campouts and all the events that we would go to. And I remember, because this was back in the 80s, so my earliest childhood memories are sitting in these rooms. And this was back when you could smoke in the rooms. So I remember, you know, just being this little girl and living in these these smoky rooms, but just looking around and thinking, 
these people are badass. Like these are real people. And I just, I was just, oh, I just always loved being in those rooms and being around those people. So you would think, and a lot of people are kind of surprised to hear that I am in recovery actually also, because you think having parents in recovery that I wouldn't have taken that route. But I have, you know, genetically, um, I had that predisposition. And I sure. was always really curious as well. So when I was 16, um, I hit my first bottom. So actually I started drinking and when I was, it was the day before my 13th birthday. And then I, you know, I tried smoking pot, but I didn't like drinking and I didn't like smoking pot. I didn't like drinking because I would drink too much and then I would just get sick. I didn't like smoking pot because it would make me really, really antisocial. And so I thought, what is the point of this? I wanted to be this party girl. I wanted to be outgoing because I was really shy. Um, I, was, I didn't have any self-esteem. Um, and so I was really shy. So I decided that, okay, I'm going to try some, some other drugs. And they gave me what I was looking for, right? They gave me the spontaneity and they made me feel confident and outgoing. And it was what I was searching for. So I very, very quickly at age 16 became addicted to, to cocaine, which then turned into to a meth very quickly as well. Um, I started dating the 17-year-old drug dealer and ran away to be with him. Um, and it was a really dark, scary time in my life. I stopped showing up for school. I stopped showing up for my job. But the beautiful thing there was having two parents in recovery who were present and clear and who knew what to do to help get me back on track and who had this amazing supportive network of other people in recovery who who had their back and of course ultimately had my back so um, luckily I got to a point where I I just got scared I got really scared really quickly I was living with and hanging around these wannabe gangsters in the, the grimiest hotel rooms in Edmonton Alberta where I lived at the time and I just luckily had this moment where you know, that's, you know, that God shot or whatever it was, where I was like, this isn't the life you want to live. This things are getting really scary really quickly. So I went back home and my parents were so amazing. And I came back with so much shame and I was embarrassed and I was so sick and they were, they were just supportive and they got me into therapy and they took me to 12 step meetings and, you know, they, they had these wonderful resources and that helped. Um, I, I got clean and I got refocused and I graduated high school, which was a miracle. And, um, you know, and I, I got back on, back on the path and I was, you know, I was in recovery and I was clean and, and sober for years. And then when I turned 20, um, my mom got cancer hmm. and that was, it was terrifying for me sure. and the way we really thought she was going to die. And the way that I, I mean, look at the time, I didn't know this, but looking back at it now, I realized that the way that I was coping with that being, you know, a 20 year old girl who thinks she's about to lose her mom, who is her everything. Um, I started coping by binge drinking, by drinking on the weekends with my sister, who was also coping in that way. She's four years older than me. And um, we moved to Victoria from Alberta to be with mom. And just looking back, that's where I realized now that I started my new relationship with, with, with booze. And I just thought I was just drinking normally. 
So I thought, I convinced myself, I'm a normie. I can, I can just drink like normal girls in their early 20s do. This is what we do. We're young, we're single, this is what we do. As long as I'm not using cocaine or meth or anything else, I'm fine, I'm still okay. So I did that for a few years. Mom is cancer free, by the way. I guess I should say that now. She's That's awesome. Thriving. She's such a badass. Um, she's like I said, we're, the, we're partners and she recovers. So she's, she's been recovering from cancer as well. But um, so anyways, did that for a few years. And then, you know, mom got healthy and I fell in love really quickly and I got married. And through those few years of my life, I stopped drinking. Um, and I never said out loud, I'm not going to drink anymore. I'm in recovery. I just, something happened where I had no desire to, to drink anymore. So I just stopped. And then in my mind, I wasn't thinking I'm sober now. I'm in recovery now. It just, it just was kind of a, I was starting to teach yoga now and I was studying yoga for recovery and trauma informed yoga. So it was just, it just felt authentic to me that, okay, I can't, this isn't in line anymore. My, I was only married for about a year and a half. Um, maybe, no, sorry, not even a year. And then we, it was, um, I got divorced. And after my marriage ended, um, I went to a dark place. I was, again, I was full of shame and I was embarrassed because the, and I felt like I let everybody down because the marriage didn't last because I married the wrong guy. Mm -hmm. Because everybody told me you don't, you don't, you don't really know him. What are you doing? I, we only knew each other for a few months before we got married. So they were right. I was wrong. So I was embarrassed. So then now I'm in my mid twenties. And again, the way that I coped looking back was start, I, you know, calling up my single girlfriends and on the weekends we would, we would drink all weekend and, and go and, and party and I, I just thought that was a normal thing that, again, young single girls do in their mid-20s. It was normalized. That's what everybody was doing. And then one of those weekends, um, somebody that I was dating, cocaine came out. And I, I thought I could just dabble in it. But then, of mm -hmm. course, I tried to convince myself I'm a normie. And then that very quickly... Um, turned into not and turned into from the weekends to several times a week which then turned into well as long as i don't use when i teach the next day this is okay i'm in control now keep in mind we've started to recovers now um so i would be leading retreats and teaching yoga for recovery and working with my mom in recovery and people would ask me if i'm in recovery and i would say i'm in recovery from codependency when i was 16 i you know, was addicted, but I'm not anymore. I'm a normie. I just use sometimes or I just drink sometimes. And I had, and I wasn't lying. I wasn't bullshitting anybody. I had just convinced myself that sure. because I'm using all day, every day, I was okay. And I was comparing myself to my 16 year old self. Well, I'm not there. So I'm okay. I was high functioning. Um, so I convinced myself I was okay. And I would compare myself to the women that I know that were on retreats with me or in my classes or just in my community, compare myself. We can do that. We can convince ourselves, compare myself to them and be like, no, I'm totally fine. This is okay. This is just what we do. And then the, the boyfriend I had at the time, um, he had the balls to say, you know what? You are not an integrity here. You are, you're scary. Your, your use is scary. You have no off switch. You're, you need to talk to your mother about this. This is absolutely unacceptable. And that was kind of my, oh my gosh, like my wake up call for him to call me out on it was just, it was just a huge moment for me. 
So I, I examined and he was absolutely right. I talked to the women, my, you know, my, my circle of women, and I got honest with my mom. And um, yeah, I've been, so now I say out loud and proud, yes, I'm in recovery from drug and alcohol addiction and codependency and self-harm and trauma and shame and low self-esteem and no self-worth and, you know, all those things. Um, sure. I've been in recovery for a few years now. That's awesome. Such a powerful story. And um, I'm so glad that you raised a couple of points one of the reasons I did, I thought that it would be important to do this 10 episode arc is because we're finally getting to a point in, I would say, so in our country, meaning in the US, and because I'm most familiar with that, um, and not to exclude anyone else, I'm all about inclusion. But I, I do believe as a community, we're starting to have this conversation around recovery, addiction, alcoholism, substance use disorder, you know, things that we were not talking about before. Um, there's more of a normalization of recovery, I feel, which is an upward trend. Um, and it's really important to hear people like you say, I thought because I wasn't doing XYZ, I wasn't drinking around the clock, I wasn't using around the clock, that I was okay, that I was not a person that needed help, you know, in this area, because I was high functioning. And so friends that are listening, or, you know, definitely share this episode and these episodes with other people, because it's important for, especially if you have a loved one, or you yourself are struggling, to know that you're probably right about what's happening in your life in terms of the struggle is real. You know, we, we hear that and we say that and it's hashtags and, you know, it's on t-shirts and emojis and bitmojis. But if you feel like you're struggling with this, you are likely correct. Um, and if you feel like you're not struggling and other people notice it, it's very possible that they are correct. And it doesn't have to look like Taryn's story or anyone else that you hear's story. Um, you don't have to be under a bridge with a trench coat um, with a 40 in a brown paper bag to have a problem. So I'm yeah. so glad that you brought that up. Thank you. Yeah, one of our, we have these kind of 10 guiding principles in She Recovers and one of them and one of them that is so dear to my heart is that we don't have to hit rock bottom to pursue recovery in any area of our lives. That's right. And I think that's really huge. And I have, I know for me, I was that person Googling that quiz you can do to see if you have a problem or not. And then I shared that with somebody and they said, well, if you're even asking yourself if you have a problem, that's your answer. And that's, that's sure. good. Enough. You know, that's that, that's good. If there's some, if there's some voice inside of you thinking, I don't know if this is okay. That that's your voice. Listen to that. Follow that. That's right. I appreciate you sharing that as well. It's so true. So it sounds like, I mean, we've kind of followed you along your path in terms of what it was like um, and what happened. So what is happening now? What is it like now that you are loud and proud um, mm -hmm. and in recovery and open and honest about it? Yeah, it is 
beautiful and amazing um and it keeps getting better and you 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 hear that and you think yeah right whatever maybe for you but not for me but it's true and i do have to say it's also really hard but in a beautiful way if that makes any sense like we're, with recovery we are choosing to to be fully present and clear and to unnumb and to feel all the things that are coming at us, right? We're not using our substances or our habits or our behaviors anymore. We're just, we're choosing to, to, to live life. And some days that is hard and it is exhausting and it's painful and it hurts, but to feel things so deeply is such, it's such an honor and it's such a privilege. And the moment that I, you know, got got real and decided to, to um to stop hiding and to stop running and to stop numbing and diverting and distracting. Every every life is just it just flows so much easier now. Um because I am living my truth and because I am in integrity and I just I feel like my authentic self. And it's just it's opened up so many doors that I never thought possible for me and recovering out loud it was the and keep in mind i like i said i'm i have this business called she recovers and i was terrified to come out as a person in recovery from drug and alcohol because there was so there's so much shame around that i had no problem saying in recovery from disordered eating and codependency and those things but even for me that day when i was like okay actually by the way i have a drug and alcohol problem the vulnerability hangover that I had lasted for weeks. And even when I do things like these podcasts years later, I still get that a little bit of, Oh my gosh, here we go. And a bit of a vulnerability hangover. But for me, recovering out loud, it, it's an honor. And we say that um, not everybody has to recover out loud. Not everybody has to go on social media and tell everybody, Oh, by the way, I haven't drank for three days or 30 years or whatever it is. Sometimes recovering out loud, can be when you're sitting at a dinner table with a group of people and somebody says, gosh, I'm really struggling with this right now. And you say, oh, me too. That can be recovering out loud. And that can be, um, that can be the same thing, but things are, things are beautiful. Things really are beautiful. That's awesome. So when you were, so one thing to note also that was important in your story how you were talking about maybe not even feeling the inauthentic um, life you were leading or the double life of mm -hmm. using and drinking um, and still being a part of She Recovers. Um, it's important to note that you were still helping other people, even though you weren't at your best, you were right. still being used as a vessel to help others. Um, and so that can happen too, you know, yeah. but it's, it's a beautiful thing to be able to be at your best and being a vessel, you know, and exactly. be yourself. Um, so how did you and your mom come up with She Recovers? Like, how did that come mm -hmm. to be? Yeah. So my mom's in long-term recovery from drug and alcohol and workaholism and perfection, all sorts of things. She's got the long list of things as we all do, right? But um, she's also a writer and she started a blog called Recovering Dawn. 
And this was, yeah, 2011. So she was blogging about recovery and her experience with recovery. And although it was called Recovering Dawn, she was still anonymous because who knows who Dawn is? Nobody knows who Dawn is or where she lives. But her blog was getting a lot of great comments and feedback from women who were looking for some type of um, community or connection and found her blog and, and were commenting about how helpful it was. But because she's a workaholic, what happened was she was realizing was she was working all day and then she, blogs take hours to write, you know, sometimes longer. So she was working all day and then blogging all night, working all day, blogging all night and realized that she was going to burn out again. So this was when inspirational memes were becoming popular. Um, so we, we were talking about it and decided that a Facebook page would be a really nice way to help her stay connected to these women without having to write a blog every night. So we started, she, I helped her start the She Recovers Facebook page. And we started sharing articles from other pages and creating little pretty pictures with pretty quotes on them. And the page just, again, organically, just, it got really big. Um, we, we got a lot of followers. Then in 2012, we decided, that we would like to do a yoga retreat for women in recovery. Like I said, I've been teaching yoga for a few years and focusing on yoga for recovery and, and trauma-informed yoga. And so we did the retreat and we thought it was just a bucket list thing. We're just gonna do one retreat and then that's gonna be fun and wonderful. And then we could say we did the retreat. And the retreat was in Tulum, Mexico, and it was so powerful and so profound and so amazing for these women who, some of them knew each other, some of them didn't, but just to gather and meet in real life and have that in-person connection was so beautiful. That started the retreats. Um, and then the retreats have just, every, you know, we do events now, we do workshops, we have a mala line, and we're just really starting to work towards we have a recovery coach program as well. I'm creating a yoga teacher training program. We have, I'm gonna have some online yoga videos, but what we're doing is we're just trying to find ways that we can support and create community for women, whether it's online or if we can get everybody together in real life as well. Because connection and community is key, it's it. We cannot do this alone, we need each other. And women, we when we get together, whether it's online or in real life, we get together and we heal. We get the work done. When we can be raw and vulnerable and um, just hold space for one another, it's, it's very powerful. That's so true. Um, yeah, there's something about community. And I used to say on, I lead some guided meditations that I will start putting back out there um, this coming week. But um, you know, and on this podcast, I've said it, there's something really powerful about me too. And mm -hmm. this was even before hashtag me too, you know? Yeah. And so to your point, and that's something that you said as well, that it's possible to still be vulnerable and authentic sitting one-on-one -on -one with someone and they share a little bit about who they are. And you say, you know what, me too. Yeah. And it lightens the load. You don't feel as alone. Um, and this collective vibration, you know, whether it's oils or mala beads um, or the yoga or, you know, yoga is unity. So, like, just coming together, right, collectively um, with the same intention or something very similar uh, 
it, it does rock, you know, it rocks, it rocks in more ways than, oh, it rocks, but like it just, it really reverberates. It's like the stone in the water and just how the water changes um, just because of that one action, you know, we have that together. Yeah. And what's been really beautiful about She Recovers and how it's all happened organically is we have a lot of women, of course, who, um, who are a part of 12 step programs and who actively are a part of our She Recovers things, what, you know, one of the many things, but also what's been really nice is she Recovers is also a community of we really believe in supporting all pathways and patchworks of recovery. So there are, we've had a lot of women who have been drawn to us and attracted to us who aren't a part of a 12-step program, but we're missing the community and we're really feeling isolated and alone and not having anybody to share, to share what they need to share. So I think that's been really, um, really wonderful as well is to create that community for the women who aren't in a type of recovery program. Sure. She recovers has kind of become their recovery program and their community. That's awesome. So if someone is interested in opening up their wallet yep. and they want to give money to She Recovers because they support the mission and the vision of the, um, the community and the mm -hmm. group, how yep. would they go about doing that? So right now, the way, so we are working towards creating a, a nonprofit. And what we want with that is to be able to provide um, scholarships for our events and workshops and retreats, as well as our coaching services and our coaching program. So that is in the works. Right now, um, you can go to our website and you can actually kind of sponsor for women to attend these attempts. So you can go to our website and go to the workshops and you can pretend you're gonna register, but what you can do is, is donate money, and then we would use that money towards the scholarships for women to attend. So that's been really wonderful to, to do. And at our last retreat in L, sorry, event in LA, we were able to have five women sponsored who otherwise couldn't have attended. So that's, that's what we have in place right now. Lots of plans for the future, but right now that's the way. That's awesome. Yeah. And then if someone is looking, obviously the website is sherecovers.com. Is that correct? It's actually .co. Okay, .co. Okay, perfect. So sherecoversfriends.co. Um, there's a Facebook page that is facebook.com forward slash sherecovers. Um, yeah. And I will obviously in the show notes have everything um, in terms of connecting with She Recovers. Um, can you tell us, Sharon, a little bit more about the coaching program? Yes, absolutely. So we um, are recovery coaches. So coaching, we absolutely love. We love, I mean, I personally, in my journey, I've had a lot of therapy and I loved therapy because it helped me deal with my past. Um, those who are in 12-step program sponsors are amazing because they really help us focus on the now and the present. And what we love about coaching is coaching helps us to kind of, you know, focus on, on the future. Okay. What's, what's next. So we teamed up with an amazing um, recovery coach certification program and you, we have created a, she recovers coach designation. So you can go to our website and you can go to become a recovery coach. And we have 55 women in training right now to become she recovers coaches. 
And um, it's just a wonderful way to learn about our philosophy and to help us spread our mission. Because that's how we want to really grow. And we want to get She Recovers all over the world. We want to have She Recovers coaches everywhere who can help us um, lead sharing circles and events and just spread our movement and our message. And we have amazing coaches. We have, I think, 13 certified already. And they are just really making wonderful, positive impact for the women in their communities. That's awesome. So if someone is kind of on the fence or struggling, yeah. what do we, how, what do they do? Or if you have a family member or a loved one that mm -hmm. you see struggling, so how can they be helpful? I think reaching out to other people is the best thing we can do for ourselves or for our loved ones, really. I think um, just reaching out and to maybe one person or several people and that person or those people are going to have resources or just a really different perspective, fresh perspective on the situation. So I always say reach out. Reach out is it's sometimes the hardest thing for us to do but it seems to also be one of the most powerful things that we do as the first step towards healing or this recovery journey. That's awesome. Anything else, any last minute malas of wisdom, if you will? Um, well, I think for me, just, you know, thanks for taking the time to, to hear my story and let me share. And I think for me, what kept me sick or stuck as, as long as it did and I have no regrets and I wouldn't change a thing but for me was just not feeling worthy um, right. of recovery so I just I want to say you are so 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 very worthy and also for me I think what kept me stuck was I had this idea I had this thought and I thought of it because you mentioned it not too long ago that that I had to be perfect and I had to figure out my shit first before I could help other people so what I did was I pretended that I had my shit together and that I was perfect, not because I wanted, I just for my, just because I wanted to help people. And I thought that that was helping people. If I act like, okay, I'm all good. I got this figured out and that just made things worse. So what I want to say as well is we don't have to have everything figured out for me in my story, me showing up as I am, how I am. Um, and just part of my language, but just being as F, you know, just being as effed up as I am, that is more empowering for other people than when we pretend that we know what we're doing. Cause we don't, I don't, I don't have a clue. I'm just winging it and I'm just honored to wing it with all of you. But if you are someone who feels like, um, you have this image that you need to keep up or you're helping other people by pretending that everything's all good when it's not, it, it's not, it's not helping anybody, especially yourself. So just allow yourself to be you and you'll be so surprised to see how supported and loved you are. That's true. Yeah. So you can swear and say whatever words you want on this, on this podcast. Next <laughs> time. Um, and yeah, that is very beautiful and it's, it's very true. So I echo what, um, my new friend Taryn said is that you're worth it um, and your life can change a day at a time if you're willing to do something different today, you know. Um, if not now, when is something that I say or there's a quote, I think Karen Lamb says it, where it's like, a year from now, you'll wish today you had started, you know. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. And one thing my dad has said, so my name means God is good. So Chi means God and Dima means good in Igbo, which is our language. Um, it's a Nigerian language. And he used to say, Osita Dima, which is let it be from today and it can be good. And I never quite understood that until Wow. The path of my life happened the way it did. And then I was like, oh, that's what he's been <laughs> yeah. attempting to tell me for so many years. You know, like if I start today, let it be from today, you know, um, which is a beautiful sentiment. And um, a lot of people have heard like um, a day at a time, that sort of sentiment as well. So if you start today, friends, life can change and it doesn't have to be dramatic. It can be really simple. Um, and it doesn't have to be a big, huge story or need a parade or, you know, fireworks or anything like that. It can just be a simple phone call that can change the course of your life. Um, if you're willing. So she recovers.co, um, I'm on their website right now. There are, is a lot of information. They have LA events. They have retreats and workshops, sponsorship, yoga, reading room, coaching, free resources, a blog, and an opportunity or a place to contact them directly. So please, please, please go here. You do not have to be alone. Um, and you don't have to continue the way you've been living. It, it really is not necessary for you to keep going in that direction if it's not working. Um, I think the next event, which I'm hoping it won't be after this podcast airs, there's something that, yep, it will be. So you're going to miss it. <laughs> the February 17th event um, yes. in San Francisco. But that's okay. Keep your ears and eyes peeled. Definitely sub, um, subscribe to their newsletter um, so that you can be kept abreast of everything that's happening with them. And Taryn, thank you so much for taking time out of your day, um, out of sure. essential oils time to, <laughs> to chat with me. We'll talk more offline um, once I stop the recording. But for now, um, there's a story on Humans of New York that I think is appropriate for what we just kind of talked about. So it appears to be a young woman, and she says, my boyfriend would do all sorts of crazy things when we first met. We'd talk until four in the morning. He said he'd die to be with me. But the moment he knew that I was falling for him, he suddenly grew cold. He'd call me names. He'd disappear for days every time we argued, and he started spending time with other girls. He said they were just friends, but it bothered me. But plus, he would never commit. I asked him for a commitment because my parents are trying to fix my marriage, but he just listened to me cry. He wouldn't say a word. During one of the periods that he wasn't talking to me, I connected with an old crush from my childhood, and this new guy treated me so well. He even came to meet my, my parents to show that he was serious, but my boyfriend logged onto my Facebook and discovered our messages. And he started crying and begged me not to leave. He said he'd marry me if I came back to him. So I did. But now he's saying that he hasn't decided if he can forgive me. So that's the story. They're still in Bangladesh. So thank you all for listening and supporting this podcast. If you want to support it financially, patreon.com forward slash the type A hippie. 
and share, rate, um, share this podcast with others, rate and review it. Let me know what you think and what you want to hear. I honor the place within you where the entire universe resides. I honor the place within you of love, of light, of truth, of peace. I honor the place within you where when you are in that place in you and I'm in that place in me, there is only one of us. So my name is Shadima, also known as the Type A Hippie, and this is the Type A Hippie Podcast. She cast episode 81. And I hope to hear from you all soon. Thank you so much. Um, have a gratitude filled rest of your day. Namaste.